five, four, three, two, one. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles that we never could. Welcome to The Journey Through Infinity. My name is Jennifer Smith. I'm here with my three handsome co-hosts, JT and Scott and Tim. How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah. Good. Tim. Feeling more pretty than handsome tonight. Mm, well, you are Prince Pretty. Okay. Thank <laughs> you for that. You're Hiddleston Pretty. Ah, now we're talking. Well, is that an insult Here. or a compliment? I'm that taking your point of view. <laughs> <laughs> it is a compliment, regardless of what others think. Mm. Feels like a dick. <laughs> <sighs> How are we feeling? This controversy will never die, it seems. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's one of our legacies thus far in the journey through infinity. It's quite a journey. Mm-hmm. Yes, it has been. Ups and downs. Left and right. so, <laughs> I guess we're now in uh, yeah, um, phase two of the journey. Mm-hmm. You wrapped up phase one, got through Avengers, very big deal, and covered Iron Man 3. That was maybe our most um, mixed bag of an episode mm-hmm. we've had so far on the journey. Um, a lot of variation in how we all landed on that one, uh, mm-hmm. which... I think it's fitting for what it, the movie yeah, is. Yeah, it totally is. I think we're um, a good cross-section of like the audience at large about how they felt about it. Yeah, that, that's that's a great point. I, I think that was how folks felt at the time. I mean, Iron Man 3 made like a billion dollars. So right, yeah. wasn't hurt for a box office draw. Um, but uh, we have um, maybe... On a more subdued note, the follow-up to that is Thor, mm. the doo-doo balls planet uh, <laughs> of Dark World. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like we're going to be closer together in mm-hmm. <laughs> our assessment of this one, not to um, get too far ahead of ourselves, but... I would say that it's um, it's definitely not a bold statement to say this is not the most well-regarded film critically or within the you know fan community in the MCU. It's a bit it, it's sort sort of the one that is the most forgettable when you're sort of putting together your rankings and you're talking about the movies. It's a bit of an afterthought um, as Thor: The Dark World. So. This was released October twenty second, twenty, or excuse me, 
November 8th, 2013 in the United States. Um, so same year as Iron Man 3. This was just their fall release. And uh, it's the first Thor sequel. So hard to believe that Iron Man getting three films of his own right. now. And Thor is just pulling in with his second. And you'll get Cap right behind him. But uh, yeah, it's just weird how they cranked out those Iron Man movies so fast. It felt like um, compared to the others. But we'll catch up with the other big solo heroes. Um, where to even begin with this one? It, uh, I had trouble just remembering the name. It's even on my notes is written as the Dark Planet. <laughs> Fair enough. It's the Dark Duty Shit World Planet. I think we do reunite time. the Dark Duty Shit Planet. Yes, um, we're just holding nothing back on our feelings towards. Not at all. I think Thor. I mean, why would we? Well, and the thing is, we do get our entire cast from that first movie back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like we're, I mean, honestly, we could probably stand to dispense with some of these folks, arguably. Um, but we get all of our characters that we've come to know and love and uh, love slightly less. <laughs> and hate and Scott's yes. opinion. But you know who we do not have is Kenneth Branagh directing mm-hmm. this no. This is directed by someone called Alan Taylor. Um, Scott, Not a what big is your Alan favorite, Taylor fan. <laughs> what is your favorite Alan Taylor fan? <laughs> and why is it Thor the Dark Planet? I think he's the I think he's the Taylor and Lord and Taylor, I believe. So he <laughs> yes. transitioned. Yes. Yeah. Uh let's see. Um uh his filmography is very small. Well, no, it is. Uh as it he should did be. Well, he, ba- he he took a break from – well, two years after this, he did Terminator Genesis. So that oh, speaks God. Yeah. And then he took a six-year – he hasn't made a movie since, and next year he's doing another movie. So clearly he picks and chooses what he does and does it poorly. Right. So, what he so, fucks up, he's very selective he, about. Yeah, he did Palookaville in 1995. Everybody he did – he directed and wrote The Emperor's New Clothes in 2001. And he did Kill the Poor in 2003. And then he didn't do anything for 10 years. Hmm. And then decided, hey, I'm going to direct this piece of shit. So, <laughs> you know, it choice. actually looks like he's, this is, I mean, I was sort of kidding around. But looking at his filmography myself here also, I, I see that he's done a lot of TV work. Mm-hmm. Seems like more of a TV director. And that's sort of worth pointing out because we've talked about how sometimes they get the big name directors and you get more of that personal stamp. It feels like on some of these films and then you get what feels like I think was very much the case here. Just sort of this gun for hire, this, this guy who's done a few films, but mostly just TV work where you think of, um, that's where people might cut their teeth, but certainly you don't know a lot of name TV directors. Right. Mm. And, uh, I think that's what was going on here. I also think that, and I'll I'll talk about this as we move ahead. I think it's not a coincidence that he's a predominant TV director, and this movie had a TV movie pace, which was mm. like ridiculously fast and mm-hmm. detailless. Which will it's which really will, short too, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, it is on the, the shorter I side. The shortest. I think it's the shortest. Um, it's definitely the shortest so far. 
it's, it's an hour and 12 minutes. So an hour yeah. and 52, which is one of the shortest, if not the shortest wow. of them all, I think. That's got to be. Yeah. So I think I think the fact that he was used to TV um, shows that here because I feel this, this, I mean, if we're diving in already, I think the fact that he's a TV guy makes makes me feel like this plot and the story just goes way too fast and mm-hmm. doesn't give time for anything to happen before we have to move on to the next thing. Like it definitely goes at a TV movie pace. And, uh, and I think that's kind of what one of the things that ruins it for me is that it just goes way too fast. Yeah. I was given some, some thought to that also. And it was like as many times as I've seen this and it's not one of the films I've seen a great many times, but you know, I've seen it probably, two or three times since it came out and I feel like I can never remember details or even like yeah what are even like the broad strokes of this plot beyond right here's who the bad guy is this is what his character is this is um a weapon a thing that he wants why question mark not sure so it is very fast-paced so things sort of just wash over you um, nothing sticks, and as you put it, Scott, rather detailless. Um, we're definitely missing some of that, some of the why behind the things that are happening. Uh, and that probably is why none of us, no one seemingly can recall just the plot of this movie um, offhand. So, such as it is, we have a new arrival in the form of uh, Christopher Eccleston, mm-hmm. who, I mean, has done a lot of great work um, outside of this picture. <laughs> yes. Uh, mm-hmm. He is playing Malekith, mm-hmm. the Dark Elf. So the Dark Elves race of beings uh, that are like ancient enemies of the Asgardians. They had this weapon called the ether and they've been off the grid since odin's dad beat their asses many mm-hmm. centuries ago and now they're coming back um and that's kind of it meanwhile uh there's this thing called the convergence uh just so happens conveniently that the nine realms that we hear about in these thor movies are suddenly going to be lining up so there's going to be portals mm-hmm. randomly opening all over the place. And so that'll drive some of the just action in this movie. I remember being retroactively even more disappointed in this movie and in particular the version of Malekith that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I read Jason Aaron's uh, Thor God of Thunder and Malekith yep. in that in the comics was fucking awesome. And yep. I was like, oh, shit, they really fucked up that character in that movie. Because he There's has, just really nothing to him. He's really just a basic villain. And then in the comics, he's genius and wonderful. So mm-hmm. it's a really missed opportunity for, like, a really great Thor villain. It doesn't help that they're called the Dark Elves. <laughs> you don't like the Dark Elves? <laughs> It's not very threatening. At all. I th- when I think elf, I think happy. I don't. I don't think yeah. like angry. You're not scared so. of dark elves. 
I mean, I probably would be if they showed up in hell. But when you Will first hear the name, elf. if you don't know the history of it, you just hear the name the first time. I was like, "What the fuck, Dark Elf?" <laughs> like, I already knew this didn't have the greatest rep as a movie, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, they certainly don't do enough to sell you on um, why you should feel so intimidated by mm-hmm. the Dark Elves. Uh, we, I mean, we just don't know anything about them. It's a pretty gnarly visual uh, Malekith has in this in this movie. I mean, he looks pretty interesting and visually striking, but yeah. beyond the fact that he is the villain, he wants this thing called the Aether. Uh, I guess he wants to harness dark energy. I, I don't, I don't know exactly what his grand plan is beyond just a kind of generic conquer the universe kind of thing. Which yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Doesn't really track. Yeah. Um, um, you know, revenge as well on sure, Asgard sure. and Odin. Which ought to be a motivation that you really emphasize and, and lean into and like let's let's use that to develop the character. But mm-hmm. throughout this this film we just don't see much in the way of character development for Malekith or any of his um his allies, the dark elves. We also get uh the cursed who uh again drawing from the comics, the mythology here is just sort of used sort of we're just uh incorporating that visual um no real character beyond just the character design um and that just i don't know it's almost it's like you don't even think it's worth going back to it feels such like a lost a missed opportunity that does anyone really want to see Malekith now done right. It just feels like that moment has passed, and Maybe. it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks that this is the one and probably only time we'll see that. I will say Thor was fucking shredded in this movie. Oh God, he was. Yeah, yes. I mean, I feel like more than Avengers. Yeah, even. yeah, he was ripped. Yeah, the the body and the hair is really on point in this mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, and Avengers that, yeah, it, it wasn't all the way. Uh, what we would think of as Chris Hemsworth's Thor quite yet. Um, and that was a, I think, more gradual development at the time. But looking back, you can see when you watch Avengers, you watch that first Thor movie, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's not all the way uh, beefcake Thor just yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <clears throat> it's, it, he's still fine in either <clears throat> Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, his, I his, like... cape, his cape seems like the only color in this movie, too. This movie is very gray. Very gray. Black and dark. And I, and I dark going, back to Alan, going, going back to Alan Taylor, um, a majority of his work is with HBO shows, um, including Game of Thrones. So, A... Again, to get back, the pacing is typical, like cable episode pacing, which is way, t- which is like kind of quick. Which is why mm-hmm. a good character like Malekith and a great actor like Christopher Eccleston doesn't get a chance to show his chops because we're going too fast. There's too much shit going on. Um, yeah. And again, like all of the shows he's did, you know, like 
Sex and the City is probably the most colorful show of all the shows that he ever did anything for. Boardwalk Empire, which I, I which is a great show, but also because it was kind of a historical piece, very grayish and flat colors. Um, I saw some Oz and Law and Order in his credits also. Yeah, not, exactly, you know, Deadwood. Not the brightest color. Feet under. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, black and gray. And um, well, I so, mean, it's Thor. I mean, what do you want? Yeah, you know. And the Dark Planet with Dark Elves. Yeah, I mean, they're, everything's yeah. dark. They're still yeah, so dark. You, you think back to that first movie, and you, especially with Asgard, and it's just so colorful and vibrant and kind of explodes off the screen. The Bifrost uh, is back, and it just he, doesn't help. You know? Yeah, I, I just think that's the last thing you want in a Thor movie is just dull visuals. Mm. You, you know, you think Jack Kirby, you think Walt Simonson, you, you think of it just really popping. Right. Um, artistically and gosh, it, it feels like when people criticize the, the Marvel cinematic, uh, universe and Marvel studios and their house style, I think they're sort of drawing back to this movie. It, it feels very uninspired just Visually. in terms of the cinematography and just yeah. visual. Yeah. Everything about it is mm-hmm. it, it just super generic feeling. I did like uh, Chris O'Dowd as the Jane's uh, suitor, though. That was a good casting. Yes, it was. I love him. Mm. I just think it's funny. They give... um, You've got that character. You've also got um, Jane's sidekick, Darcy, getting her own sidekick. Mm -hmm. uh, And the character whose name completely escapes me, because it always does. Um, And it's like, I think a lot of people weren't fond of the Darcy character in the first place, so not only are we getting her back, but adding yet another sort of secondary, now tertiary character. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mind them, because they added at least some level of levity to the thing. I don't know. Like, I agree. Yeah. We don't really, it's not really quippy Thor yet. Like, we get there eventually with him. Uh, a little bit here, but like the goofiness with him, I mean, obviously, especially comes in their third movie with that, but um, we're not quite there yet. So I thought Darcy at least adds a little bit of flavor to yeah, things. As does uh, Eric so speaking at Stonehenge, which, which is <laughs> yeah, that'd be the least of my issues um, with this film. I never really had a problem with Darcy, and apparently, we're going to be seeing her again in uh, this WandaVision. Uh, Disney Plus show. Oh, whenever really? I've heard that they're bringing her back. I did not so. know that. Interesting. Yep. I didn't know that. I'm gonna make money somehow. She's a broke girl. Yeah. <laughs> I did like her oh shit look too when Thor took Jane when he comes down to Earth. And then yeah. Her up and then Jane, I, I thought she was better in this one. I know Scott yeah. has his issues, but I thought she did a better job here. Like she was a little <laughs> more on point, a little funnier. Like when she. When Thor mentions Odin and she goes, oh, you told your father about me. Like, I thought that was funny. Like, yeah. I knew some decent stuff in here. She, um, it seemed she was a lot looser on this one. Like, yeah. Yeah, I thought she was good in this one. Yeah. I, di- I, I didn't mind her quite as much. Although she seemed to, like, make bad decisions. I don't know. But it's, she, <laughs> she's, you, would you know. You if you got transported. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot. So it's fine. It is. Um. Of course, we get back the Warriors 3 also, Mm -hmm. so you get a a not as fat shit Volstag as we really deserve, (laughs) so Ray Stevens reprising that role. He should be, I mean, size of a house, and 
He really should. Ray Stevenson is just not that. So that's that's a little bit sad. Um, Hogan the Grim also returning. Mm-hmm. And Fandral now uh, recast, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had Joshua Dallas in that first movie, and this is now Zachary Levi. Yes. And I don't know that a lot of people even noticed. <laughs> I, I know I, I did not know that at the time. It's pretty I think Michael. Shawn Michaels was taking Fandral back in 1996, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he went and did Once Upon a Time, uh, Joshua Dallas. That's why he didn't. And, and we do get the same Odin, of course, Anthony Hopkins, and then um, the same um, Thor's mama. What is her name? Renee Russo. Renee Russo, yes. Riga. And Loki's got mommy issues. Yes, lots of mommy and daddy issues. Right, I kind of love that Thor has more daddy issues and Loki has more, Mm. I mean, daddy issues also, but Mm -hmm. mommy issues um, in the way that Thor really doesn't. Uh Yeah, that plays out here. And Odin's kind of a douche, too, (laughs) in this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, All of the gate. Well, I mean, Loki is everything post- Avengers and you know he's just mm-hmm. he's had it with them you know basically right yeah yeah well those nasty elves are there so yeah I did like Loki reading during the fight that was funny yes the dark... I really enjoyed uh, him in this oh he's the best he was awesome I actually enjoyed Tom Hiddleston in this I thought he was nice and smug he was one of the few high... man he did well <laughs> you're insane um. God, you make it sound like he's Adrian Neville. Shit. Uh, <laughs> Adrian, <laughs> he's a weird elf man. <laughs> uh, I, I really like Malkith. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> he's not elfin enough. Um, yeah, he he. I enjoyed him in this. Actually, he was he, he was one of the few bright spots. I thought he, he his his screen presence was good. He was kind of smug and uh, like. Little brother, smart assish, and I, I kind of enjoy. I, I really enjoyed it, considering um, you have all these great actors in this movie. It's one of the more loaded of the of the early movies. You know, Anthony Hopkins, Rene Russo. We're not really talking, you know, shit here. Mm-hmm. And and I just feel like the that they don't get enough screen time, and you know, she dies, and just everything goes way too fast. And it doesn't. Nothing gets a chance to develop, and then we get the end, and that's it. It's over. Like just everything was just going way too fast, and I think at times you get a little. If if you don't have background of the book, um, you could easily get confused. Uh, and um, I think that definitely hurt the movie. But I think Tom. I think Tom Hiddleston was actually his snarky, smartassish best here. Yeah, no, he, was, he was one of the. I it, it, it kind of turns into almost superhero Star Wars for a bit, which I think all the Thor movies seem to do. But um, when the guard takes down the invisible ship, I thought that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it was sad for the queens to die, but I did like the Viking funeral as well. I mm-hmm. thought that was that was well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Viking funerals were cool. The the I attack on the Asgard here is really like probably the highlight of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks really cool, and their their ships are cloaked. And it looks right. They, they have a weird, like, uh, sort of like the Mandalorian shaped, um, a uterus shaped um, ships. <laughs> it kind of is. You're right. A little bit. Um, but I really like the cloaking, and and it, they look sort of like sleek and and technolo- technologically advanced compared to Asgard, like mm-hmm. coming in and wrecking shop. 
they basically take it into the throne room, like the big ass ship. Yeah, and, and Renee Russo does get a pretty good hero moment. She does. She uh, sacrificed herself uh, to save Jane. One can argue whether that was mm. a worthwhile use of <laughs> her life. And she's um, having to save Jane because Jane is uh, infected um, with the corona with the with the, with the ether. Think, yes, with the corona. She infects this movie. She, yeah. So it 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 um, penetrated her. And it lives with her, you know. So she. Yeah, the is kind of like uh, the upside down from Stranger Things. I thought well, the way they portray it a bit. Kind of. Mm. That's a good mm-hmm. comparison. I could, I could, I could uh, jump on that. Or kind of takes over her, and then when you when they're there, like the way uh, I don't know, kind of bridges things, and they present it that way. Yeah, sometimes it's in a gaseous state. Other times it's uh, solid mm-hmm. and and yeah. can penetrate. A person, yes, um, and possess them as well. Uh, so yeah, it, it's sort of formless, and we aren't sure exactly what it is, it is until the end, which sort of sheds a little bit of light on that. Uh, and, and I will just go ahead and say, I thought the post-credit scene of this movie was maybe the best scene of the movie. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent. Actually, <laughs> um. Just because it was the most interesting to me uh, in setting up, like, knowing that, okay, we're going to do this uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie mm-hmm. next summer. We knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been hearing hints around uh, there are these things, Infinity Stones. And we saw Thanos at the end of that first Avenger. So it's like, these things are starting to come together now, mm-hmm. and... and getting much bigger in terms of their scope. So all these movies have been connected. They've all had these post-credit scenes teasing the next installment, but now there's like suddenly this very cosmic tapestry that's starting to form. Tim, do you feel like um, the MCU lost any cred that they had built up to this point with this dud? Or is it kind of like you're already forgiving them for... Um, this um, for me personally, I would say I, I did kind of feel that way a little bit. And you have to keep in mind, I wasn't super high on Iron Man 3 either. Right, true. So I was like, I saw that and was like, ugh. Kind of left bad taste in mouth <laughs> Um, for me personally. But I knew other people really liked it. So it was, it was one of those, well, that was divisive, but it did definitely has its fans so i can't really call that a dud and obviously made a ton of money and then i'll go into this and it was like um i didn't feel i didn't have the sense that it was like bad or a huge disappointment or anything but i was like well that was pretty underwhelming Mm -hmm. uh just walking out of the theater and uh that sort of seemed the consensus had the feeling of, um, like, I'm sure when this MCU all kicked off, right? We talked about the early ones. The buzz and the high of that they were, like, doing these movies this in-depth and this well with these stars. And, like, has that worn off now by this one? And now you're judging them more pragmatically? I don't know if that makes sense as a question. But I would assume oh, the earliest good. ones, it was kind of, like, accepting of whatever because this is so cool that they're doing this shit. And yeah. by now, it's like, okay, well, 
we've seen enough to where we want to see actual quality ones and not just anything. I think our standards are a little bit higher. Yeah. Where point. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that like we were more forgiving of earlier films that weren't that good. I think it's, it's a testament to the fact that those earlier films were so good. Like Iron yeah. Man one was a huge success and everyone really loved it. Fans and casuals alike. Uh, same story with Avengers, uh, Cap and Thor were sort of middle of the road, but you could be pretty forgiving, just to your point, Justin, because of the the hype and the momentum and the anticipation. But um, then you get here, and yeah, you're kind of like, all right, if we're going to keep doing these, then we do need to keep that very high standard. And mm-hmm. we're not going to be quite as forgiving as we might otherwise be just to see, like, a competently done Thor movie. You know, the first one was very much an example of that. It was like they managed to pull Thor off and it wasn't a complete turd and it should get better from here. But I don't think the sequel like improved upon that, that first movie. No, it didn't. But the back end of it, I think does pick up a bit. uh, And that ends up helping the grade. I liked, uh, (laughs) It was an interesting choice, but uh, Loki basically like a grunge band, Kenny G, when he's in prison, all depressed. And, yes, uh, I love his depressing. <laughs> mm, depressed Loki. <laughs> right. Kenny G. That's a perfect example. What That's the a perfect fuck? Description. <laughs> That's what he looked like. I was waiting for him to start playing a fucking saxophone. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, start playing fucking White Christmas on a saxophone. I, uh, <laughs> White Christmas. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. Um, talking about the... <laughs> I'm dreaming. I think talking... I think in, in terms of... Um, uh, the fans like it, giving anything the benefit of the doubt and where the line of demarcation is between when we do and when we don't. I think we're still in the do stage. I think the Avengers was great. I think what we're waiting for, even though we kind of knew, we all kind of knew as fans, I mean, obviously not like JR, but some of us, we all kind of knew where the story was going. But I think, I think seeing it and hearing the term Infinity Stones, we can finally start to see the the... Um, you know where the the plot or where things are going to start to line up. Um, mm-hmm. once that, in my opinion, once that uh, kind of stepped to the fore, then we started to be a little more um less forgiving of crap. Um, had this had they waited too long for this one? If this was at the back end of phase two i think they would have gotten crucified oh yeah like if this has followed um winter soldier and guardians yeah they'd be be like what yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah but would it have been i mean look i wasn't living it but yeah had more winners though under the belt so wouldn't have been more forgiving for something like this like why would they be fucked if they had if they had come off event like take this out of the picture so they go avengers iron man 3 winter soldier guardians and then this like wouldn't it be looked at more of as an anomaly like at this point i would think maybe you're a little more worried because you haven't had that string of greatness 
Um, whereas if you plop this out and put it later, I don't, I don't, I don't see why they'd be fucked. I guess the question is, I think you would have a, a longer track record. You're more willing to probably give them a mulligan versus like early on where you're like, oh, maybe this isn't going to go the way I thought. I think I, I would I don't just think be it, way more disappointed. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't think they'd be fucked. It's just no. people would have shat on this just harder in the light of two, you know, well, potentially like, especially a the, Christian though. I think. Yeah. Like, no, I think if go ahead. Ahead. no, I was just gonna no, no, say no. like if you're gonna uh, work with a Malith character and your uh, Malekith character and you're that far removed, then why are you not looking at Jason Aaron's shit and doing that? Like, I just feel like the the content, the Jason Aaron content, wasn't really ready for the movies, you know, in mm-hmm. 2013, but. Give it a couple of years, then you should be doing his storyline and not this bullshit. That's true. You would have also had better and a deeper well of comics to draw from mm. if this happened later. That's that's a pretty good point, too. Um, I mean, Malekith has been a character in the comics for some time. But mm. um, to your point, Jenny, I, I think in most people's minds, he didn't really take off until that very acclaimed run. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yeah, I guess was kind of after this, right? Mm. So, yeah, had they done this exact same movie after, and years down the line, having that kind of source material to draw from, and so, and having the immediacy of it, of it too, because they really, you'll notice, they really kind of go to that mid-2000s to almost present time frame these stories that they are drawing from mm-hmm. and the characters and the interpretations um, in those comics are pretty recent, pretty contemporary. So yeah, that that's something too. I didn't think of is uh, that would have been much, much more on people's minds, especially fans. Thor. I don't know. Yeah. Thor fans. Yeah, Thor fans. Plus, plus I think this early on, we could still accept uh, movie plots that don't involve the uh, underlying A storyline, if you know what I'm saying. Um, uh, like, I think it's great. We, we were talking about it before. I don't know if we had gotten on yet, but um, uh, it was good that Tony's three movies were out of the way now because in the grand scheme of things, Tony is the glue that keeps them all together. So it's good that his three stories are done, and now he can kind of be the glue for everybody else. Um but the deeper we get into phase two and the more that we focus on the main storyline of the Infinity Stones, and we all know Thanos is coming at some point, um, we don't have time for garbage plots that have nothing to do with the main storyline the deeper we get into this phase. So, uh, yes, JR, I, 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 in a vacuum, your point's va- very valid. But in the grand scheme of things... I don't think as the phase progresses and we get closer to the next Avengers movie, we have time for uh, a shit movie involving one of the main characters with a storyline that has nothing to do with what we're trying to get to. So I don't think I think there would have been less patience for a crap movie with a crap plot when we're trying to get to them to the next blip, the main blip on the timeline. Whereas here we can kind of get it out of the way and throw some the word infinity stones in at the back end of it and we'll be like oh okay i get it now all right so the previous hour and 44 minutes of shit we sat through because these last three minutes are very important to what we got to deal with later on down the line but if we're 
three movies past this, and we already know that we're focused on what the the, the story, end game, no pun intended, is. We don't have time for crap acting and crap directing and crap story uh, to get in the way of what we need to what they're trying to accomplish or we as viewers are trying to want to get to. Whereas now we're not quite there yet, so we can afford to have a shit plot. Whereas four movies from now, I don't think we can afford to have a shit plot. That's just my thinking. Yeah, you kind of want a stronger lead in to. Yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron. Exactly. Which... If you if you if you did Winter Soldier, which we'll get to, of course, and um, Guardians, and then you get to this, you're like, oh, God, what the fuck? You know, we we're, we're com- and, and you already know that Age of Ultron's coming up. We have no time for this kind of shit. Whereas here we can get this out of the way and, uh, you know, tighten up the whole thing with his mom dying and kind of the you know, Loki turning into a pseudo tweener, but always kind of winking and nodding mm-hmm. to the heel side and get that out of the way. And now we can focus on the fact that the infinity stones are mentioned and we can dive into the main, the main plot. Yeah. Why don't we, what, what did we like about this movie? <laughs> how about that? I feel I like we're harping on. Yeah. No, I had some stuff toward the end that I liked. Um, I liked the whole escape scene where they're uh, getting out of the planet. Yes. I thought Loki came off as very likable, especially when he's uh-huh. kind of ribbing Thor as they're flying. Uh, and I like the swerve in Redemption for Loki. I thought that was well done, at least to this point, the first swerve, <laughs> where uh, yeah. he tends to turn and then ends up <clears throat> uh, saving the day but dying along the way. So we think that bumped the grade up for me. And I also liked the bit with Richard Calls and the phone works of the planet because they were uh, pretty much right at the portal. So uh, when he's like, you know, who's Richard? Um, yeah. Doors gets a little jealous there, so I, I thought that was good too. Um, and then this is where I thought it was in the first movie. I think I mentioned it the first time, but when they go to her apartment and he hangs the hammer on the coat rack, uh, all this stuff to me improved the grade as it went, which is why it ends up where I have it in a minute. We'll talk about, but that whole flurry from the fight through when they leave the planet, I thought was a, a pretty good stretch, and that includes Thor on the subway too. Like I thought that was uh, funny. So seeing Thor mixed into the real life was well done. Yeah, it's it's basically all the little things like you mentioned, instead of the big, like, <laughs> climax of the, you know, the action where they come to Earth and you know. Well, I found that confusing to follow too, it was, where it they was go into all the, the world switching and stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff was just crazy with the convergence and Darcy running around and blah blah blah. I mean, all that was nuts. Yeah, pointing a circuit board at things and yeah. pushing buttons was like, yeah. uh, <laughs> this is the climax of our movie. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah I think Loki was the MVP. I'm yeah, well, and in the end, I kept waiting for him to come back. I'm like, I knew he wasn't yeah. dead. Yeah. Uh, so I'm waiting and waiting, and then I thought the the sort of the very end where he's Odin was was excellent. That was yeah. that that's was a killer. That's I'll a killer. Love that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If anything, that's where. Like, it was a while before that got followed up on. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. we were... Uh, and it does, but they pay it off, but it's it's years down the line. Yeah. So that was that was one where... Is it not the Ragnarok did, when they pay that off? Yeah. Yep, yep. So that's, gosh, what... It's a while. Four, four years? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, but awesome, just sort of cliffhanger... That's it confirms. Yeah, Loki's still around. There's nine and, movies between this one and that one. Yeah, so, that's wow. crazy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. So where's Odin? Loki's back. What's going on here? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. I uh, definitely enjoyed that 
the airboat, I think, as uh, Nick Duke would refer to it. Um, great escape scene. Um, we see Loki's cunning, where he's like leading them to different portals and uh, all the resources that presumably he has utilized. Uh, being, the, I think, right? Yeah, that's how he kept sneaking out. And but I, I think uh, this is. I think this movie made him look the most, um, like you're saying, like they reveal this cunning and, and his wit. Like, I feel like, remember, I think I talked about this at Avengers where I was surprised when Loki was kind of the big bad in that movie. Cause he didn't feel like he had really been established. I feel like this unfolded a lot more of his skill and ability than the other two times we've seen him so far in the series. Yep. Yep. Because he's, he's imprisoned. He has to use his right. wiles to, to get out, you know, and, it 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 suits him a lot better than being the big bad, like you said. And he's the trickster god. We exactly. should see yep. more of that scheming. Yes. Yep. Ugly little Which trickster. Yeah. Ugly <laughs> little trickster. Um, so what happens with the ether? Is that is that what they give to the collector at the end? Is that one of the right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and so that's um, where it all kind of blows open, and where the Infinity Saga sort of becomes the Infinity Saga. We see. We're introduced to the collector, Venetia uh, del Toro. Gotta love it. He's awesome. Oh, man. And they are presenting him with the ether. And when we get a little bit of exposition, why are they doing this? Well, because it's it's not wise to keep two Infinity Stones in such close proximity. Correct. So you put two and two together. You know, the, the Asgardians already have uh, the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. from the Captain America films, from Avengers, of course. Uh, now they have the ether. They want to separate these two. So that basically is now confirming there are these things called Infinity Stones. The ether is one. The mm-hmm. Tesseract is one. Mm-hmm. There are others out there. Yep. And that's a big deal. It is. And like I said, I think that's I think the viewer, us, and others, I, my opinion, uh, that credit scene kind of forgives the previous hour and 44 minutes of mediocrity uh, to get to that point. Now that the, just hearing the word infinity and now we're like, okay, we're good. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Loki was awesome. He was the MVP of this movie for me. And what little bit of Christopher Eccleston we saw, cause I feel like he was not nearly in it as much as he needed to be. Uh, he's awesome. Um, obviously, uh, um, Tim, you watched Doctor Who? Did I ask? I think I asked you this like three times. Uh, I did I... watch. I did watch his season of it. I wasn't okay, a regular so, viewer. So obviously, right. So at least three of us. I know Jenny did. I know Jr. didn't. But we know Christopher Eccleston already, and he he's great. Um, and he should have been in it more. But what was of him in it was good. Um, uh, Anthony Hopkins. I mean, Anthony Hopkins is always great. Very douchey, typical Odin. Um, I feel like. Uh, I think Hemsworth was good in this movie. I, I think he kind of I don't say he coasted. That's not a good that's not the right the right word. He um he kind of flew under the radar of the movie. Like I feel everybody else um outshined his character. Not him, but the character of Thor kind of coasted. And I feel like everybody else stepped up in the movie, particularly Loki. Mm-hmm. And um uh and we don't see that anymore after him. I think once I think Thor as a character really steps up by the time we see him in um, Ultron. Uh, 
and Ragnarok. And Ragnarok. Well, once we get to Ragnarok, he figures it out. And look yeah. how bright and shiny and colorful that movie is. It's oh, yeah. Compared to this, is complete opposite. Yeah. yeah. The uh, but, I, I like the second credit scene too with on Earth with uh, him and Jean get reunited, and then they show the random uh, Jotunheim dude running yes. around. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the monster yeah. bouncing around. The humor, I think, the 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 quips, and I, I agree with Jr. I think the humor, the the little quips, kind of save the movie from being dreadfully dull at times. I think the quip. Well, I think the, I just I think the back half once. Yeah, I mean, honestly, once they have to escape Asgard, I, I think from there to the end, it picks up quite a bit. I actually liked that that stretch. It's the first half that really kind of dooms this one. The climax scene at the end is the fight, like the you know the the big scene at the end. I think that that battle was was pretty solid. I like stuff with the uh, you mentioned Jr. with the subway also, where they're utilizing the the portals and like he throws his hammer and goes through a portal, comes out somewhere else and he has to wait for the hammer to get back and he's stuck on the subway like good mix of humor and action um throughout that sequence so and and that is very fast-paced but in a way that's really to the film's credit so i I enjoyed all that stuff too anything else we enjoyed awards i enjoy awards awards. all right um Um, favorite character character that's not Thor, um, Loki. Loki, yeah, yeah Loki. that's an easy one here. Yep. Um, best scene. Probably um, the escape. Escape, yeah. Yeah, the escape. Mm-hmm. That or the the Loki Odin reveal. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, and the cell phone was funny. <laughs> Yes, cell phone's good. What else do we do? Least favorite? You're supposed to write these down, and you well, never do. I never do. It's part of my charm. Uh, least favorite? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Really, I don't think anyone really stood out as bad. It was more middling <laughs> at worst. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's dark elves, like, I guess. Yeah. It's like this has deep peaks or deep valleys or high peaks. Really, it's just sort of. Um. The stuff that works it has its moments, and there's nothing really that horrible, I don't think. There's nothing that really made me cringe that I can think of in this. I guess you could say some of the Jane getting possessed stuff <laughs> is kind of boring. Yeah. Um, Drek. But there's not, like, one scene that really kills it for me. I, I, nothing think, to I, I think the... Um... The big showdown at the end, um, at the in the city or whatever, really drags it down for me. Is that ball flat for you? Yeah. Mm. It is rough. Um, what else do we do? That's it. Those That's are it. our awards. I thought they were. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> there was another one in there. Um, I don't know. So. Well, final grade. Final I mean, grade. Ranked, so yeah, the other ones, yeah. Ranking. Um, my final grade on this, which has somehow disappeared on this sheet, was a 5 out of 10. You went 5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, oh, there it is. I am going to do something controversial. Oh, no. Yeah, I kind of talked myself into it as we work through this. I'm going to give 
this a six point two five. All right. Yeah. All Work right. with me here. Yeah, because you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to bump Iron Man three up to a six and a half. <gasps> All right. I, All right. I'll allow it. I thought I liked this better than Iron Man three. Oof. I can't really. That's rough. I can't bring my. Yeah, I, it's saying it out loud. Good grief! <laughs> saying it out loud, I can't bring myself to say that I. I. As much as there are things that really bother me about Iron Man three, it is just a much better movie. Yes. Than for the doo shit world. <laughs> the doo shit world. Well, it's all dark, so. Like I didn't have problems with this in the way that I had certain problems with Iron Man three, but all around, it's. Iron Man 3 is just better movie. Justin? Better made. All right, so I'm a, a little out of Tim on this. And, you know, we know my scale for these are a little fucked. Uh, so for The Incredible Hulk, I have gone four. But other than that, uh, this will be my new low. But I have a low, ba- I have a high baseline for these movies because I enjoy them so much. I like the world. I'm, I'm digging them. And I still think even the worst of the movies is still a pretty good movie. So I went seven on this. I was trending lower. And the back end really carried it for me. So I bumped a grade, and I have it in my notes here. I bumped it when Loki yeah. swerves and gets redeemed. Uh, it improved again when the cell phone thing happens and Thor comes to Earth. Like, some of that stuff was funny. And then I liked the uh, twist at the end with Loki and Odin plus the Infinity. So, like, all that probably took it up almost a full grade for me, like that final act uh, to a seven, which, you know, will end up, I think, probably being my low. And I just think they're all yeah, good. Yeah, it's not like you have this better than anything except Incredible Hulk. So right, yeah, I mean, nothing will not be below like, it. I don't think it's not it's an static. egregious rating in comparison or anything. Right on my Marvel scale, it's it's pretty low. Mm-hmm. But it just seems high because you guys go crazy well. Your hearts are filled with hate. What about you, Scott? Ends um, over here. Yeah, this this uh, not controversial for me. Uh, anyway, compared to what I ha- what's what's low, but uh, this is clearly the worst movie so far. Um, Hulk, and it is. Uh, I have this uh, lower than Hulk. No surprise oh. to any of you. Um, I gave this a four. Uh, it's pretty horrible. And without take Loki out, and it probably gets like a one. He has like he carries like three of the four points of my uh, of my grade. This is definitely worse than Incredible Hulk, in my opinion. Um, it's, it's just, it's muddled, it's confusing, it's, uh, good characters get wasted because they're not on camera enough, um, and the best stuff is in the credits, uh, so thank God for Loki, or this would be true doo-doo shit compared to everything else, (laughs) um, but, uh, this is not worse than, this is not worse than Iron Man 3 by any stretch, I like Iron Man 3 compared to this, obviously, um, but I do think this is good that this is why I'm glad that Tony's three movies are done because we're going to get to the point where the plots of the movies have to fit with the overarching um, story. So had this movie been later, this probably I probably would have given it like a two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm giving it the ben- the only benefit of the doubt I'm giving it is that we're still early on in the process of formula you know formulate formulating the full story 
Um, but Loki's awesome, and everybody else is not. And Hemsworth's average. He gets better, much better. So, but this is prob. I don't think I can't see a movie from here on out being worse than this for me. Cool. All right, so that just leaves rankings, and according to this beautiful spreadsheet by Timothy, yes, that we all have that access. We all to. have access yeah. to. Mine goes Iron Man three. Then it goes wow. Avengers, and then it goes Thor, and then Iron Man 2, although I feel like that needs to be switched. Oh, no, wait. I missed 8. Oh, fuck. All right. So, Iron Man 1 is ahead of Thor, and then Iron Man there 2 is below that. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, then Captain America, Thor... And Incredible Hulk. Okay. So, I've got my best. There you go. Avenger- Thank you. Avengers. You're welcome. Avengers, I gave the full Monty. Gave it a 10. Behind that, Iron Man 1, 9.25. Captain America, the first Avenger, with an 8 and 3 quarters. Thor, Seven and three quarters. Iron Man two, seven. Iron Man three. I have reevaluated as a six and a half. Uh, Thor, the duty ship planet, six point two five. Hulk at a four. Scott. Uh, all right. I have uh, Iron Man and Iron Man two both with eights. Uh, I have uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, seven and three quarters. The Avengers, seven and a half. The first Thor, seven and a half. Iron Man 3, seven. Incredible Hulk, five and a half. And Thor, the Dark World, four. We are all over the place. Justin. I am all over the place. I have Duty Poop Face Hulk at four. Uh, <laughs> Thor, the Dark World at seven. Don't go on the opposite of our you know, the opposite way. No. Captain America, seven to <laughs> five. Thor at 8, Iron Man 1 at 8, Iron Man 2 at 8.5, Iron Man 3 at 8.75, and Avengers is my number one at 9. So here's our aggregate scores, by the way. Uh, Jenny, you actually have the lowest aggregate scores. Mm -hmm. Wow. 6.7. Scott's next is 6.9. Then Timothy at 7.4, and me at 7.6. So everyone thinks Tim's a big negative hater all the time. I know. Me and him are right, right neck and neck, and I'm the most positive on this show, so. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that um, is proof of our difference in watching, you know, mm-hmm. right? Because I have the hindsight of all of the movies, and it affects my ranks, right? Yep, and I'm a big old mark. Yeah, but I have hindsight now too, so I could adjust. I mean, I've but seen you, one. you I do adjust. You adjust as you go and i already know you know what i mean like I don't... i'm still adjusting it what's the difference I... <laughs> Never mind. i've adjusted before the show when we talked about them no but you're adjusting as like you change grades for past movies just like tim did okay i, I think that perhaps the difference is uh i have adjusted and Jenny, maybe you too, have adjusted and adjusted and adjusted and adjusted yeah. over and yeah. over for years. Yeah. And uh, 
I wonder if you will do the same, Justin, in five years from now, revisiting all these, which I know you will do again. Maybe. Because that's what you do now. You're a fan. That's true. I have been finding myself, like, it's funny, I never really realized how often they are on TV. They always, they felt special to me going through this. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm going through, they're all on Disney Plus now. And now it just happened, whatever I flip into the TV, I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, Thor's on a million times, yes. Iron Man's always on. Like, it's fine. I never yeah. realized how often they're on TV until now. So I have, I have watched, like, I watched a bunch of Ragnarok again recently that was on. I think I watched a lot of Iron Man 1 one night that was on. So I definitely find myself stumbling into them more. Yeah, you yeah. notice them a lot. Um, what's our next movie? We've got Captain America, The Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Okay, now that my, will be fun to talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. my aggregate will go away. Yeah, the roof, yes, uh, same. After that one. So. <laughs> that will also not be very divisive, but I guess in another direction. Yes, so, so that mm-hmm. would be a nice pick-me-up from <laughs> what we've done mm-hmm. tonight. You <laughs> got to like think about it. It is going to be interesting, though, that... I mean, it's probably not spoiling anything to say we'll all be pretty high on it, and I'm almost wondering if I'm the lowest of the high votes. You on might be. Winterful. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I really do like it, so I don't mm. know. That'll be one to look forward to. All right. Um, let's talk about what else we got going on. Scott, anything you want to plug? Uh, well, you can follow me on uh, on Twitter at PTB Podfather. Plenty of shows on the Place to Be Wrestling Network feed, as well as the uh, Place to Be Nation Pop feed, as well. So uh, check both those feeds out. Plenty of good stuff, and this feed, the Jenny Possession for yeah. this show. What about Absolutely. you, Tim? Tim. 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 We're in a. We're in a loop here. So check out uh, the show that, goes. that Jenny and I do here on the Jenny Position. It is called Talk and Pop. We ended up doing an Impromptu Live episode. We still talked about what we planned to talk about, but uh, we didn't know we were going to go live until today when we <laughs> recorded it. And uh, so if you heard it live, I guess you've heard it already. Um, but if not, you can look for that on this feed, the Jenny Position Talk and pop, and our guess—I guess our main subject—we could say was the Netflix dating reality show "Too Hot to Handle." Mm-hmm. But uh, we got into quite a bit more um, as we are wont to do on Talk and Pop uh, on the Place to Be Nation Wrestling feed. Jenny, Jenny and I also have some shows there. We have. For your listening pleasure, PTB NXT, that we do with our good friend, our good friend, actually the host of the show, Jacob Williams, and we're just going through the weekly television of NXT in the WWE Network era. So, starting from 2014, we just did our fifth episode, working our way through the month of March, so we got three episodes of TV that we covered on the latest edition of PTB NXT. You can find that right now, Place Be Nation Wrestling. In addition to that, talking WCW, Jenny, Jenny and I once again with Greg Phillips. Our next outing is going to be covering Macho Man, Randy Savage. Savage, excuse me. Savage. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, 
gosh, got me off my game there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three matches of his in WCW we'll be taking a look at. So you can expect that episode uh, pretty soon. Uh, Full disclosure, we have not recorded it yet, but we will be sitting down to do that in the next few days. And that will do it for me. Really? Is that all you're doing? Are you doing all your shows with me now, Tim? Uh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The ones I just plugged all have to do. Uh, but you don't do all of your shows with me, so you still true. have some work yeah. to, to your, plug your stuff, right? Yeah. How about you, Justin? Well, speaking of Macho Man Randy Savage, I was on an edition of uh, PTBN Wrestling Feed uh, Evolution with Andy Atherton. Went through the career of Mr. Savage uh, from his earliest days through his uh, final days. So check that out. It's fun to do. And uh, mainly just sign up to the North-South Connection podcast feed uh if you search around any podcast or app there are shows at least four to five days a week between me aaron and chad and uh jake williams churning those out lots of good stuff wrestling Warzone, jenny and i'm there with extreme three-way dance uh ruthlessly aggressive podcasts a uh, year that was no holds bar jeff wins wrestling fighting spirit of 06 on and on a lot of good contents there so rate and review us because we're still kind of building things up Appreciate it. And, of course, Scott and I on the Place to Be podcast every other Monday on the PTBN Wrestling feed as well. And a new Body Press Your Luck would have dropped, I think, by the time this airs. So that's once a month as well, our wrestling trivia game. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Good stuff. What about JT Twitter? the Pod Guy on Twitter. There daily tournaments. <laughs> um, I am at Jenny Position on Twitter. I have a Facebook page as well. And um, on the Jenny Position feed, you can probably find an episode of Freak Out Drive-In. With me and Sean Kidd watching Pet Cemetery, um, and that is the first time I've ever gotten for real, legit scared on that show. Um, so that was fun, and whatever the fuck else happened. On there. So check it out, and thank you for listening to the journey through infinity. <laughs> <laughs>